Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. You can find me on LinkedIn at uh, Adam Peak and also on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. I am not the only Packaging Pastor, actually, on the podcast today. I am joined by one of my favorite people in the industry, Jose Donis. Jose is the CEO or the chief problem solver at Valley Packaging, and he is doing some incredible work with consulting on packaging materials and development. He is also an assistant pastor at Oaks Community Church in Bakersfield. So super great conversation to have him on. I hope that you really enjoy it. He has such a unique perspective on packaging. I think you're going to I think you're going to like it. Hey, if you're looking for some other unique perspectives on packaging, I really want you to check out my friends Corey Connors and Avelio Matos. Corey can be found on TikTok at Corey Gated, C O R Y G A T E D, and he's also the host of Sustainable Packaging Podcast with Corey Connors. And then Avelio Matos is on TikTok at Professor Packaging. And he hosts the Package Design Unbox podcast, and they're both just such an active and integral part of this community. So I want to give them a quick plug and have you all go check them out. Uh, make sure that you also find Jose on LinkedIn. It's J-O-S-E, his middle initial L, and then Donis, D-O-N-I-Z. And you can also check out Valley Package, V-A-L-L-E-Y, P-A-C-K-A-G-E, Dot com. All right, that's it. Without further ado, let's get to this interview with Jose. I'm super excited for this episode of the People of Packaging podcast, where I am joined by Jose Donis. Jose is a packaging consultant. He's got a tremendous amount of experience in the packaging industry, and he is with Valley Packaging. It is and this is your company, correct, Jose? That is correct. That's a brand new company that was born back in September. Okay, great. And and I'm sure that there's a whole history that went into that. Most people would just roll out of bed one day and say, ah, you know what, time to start my own company. Uh, so what, right. what was kind of your experience and your background in packaging that sort of led you up to this point in time where you decided, I'm going to go out on my own? Sure. So I'll give you uh, the whole history. So I was, uh, you know, born and raised in Mexico, and I have lived the last eleven years here in the U.S. And I, I, I grew up in a in a small um, town in central Mexico, in, in Querétaro State. I had a beautiful childhood. Actually, my dad had a had a grocery store when I was growing up where I work in every single position, you know, as like a, a cashier, bagging, customer service, warehouse clerk, inventory controller, you know, stacking the shelves, cleaning the, the store. So since my childhood, you know, I was, I was around packaging for, for the first two decades of, of my life. And, you know, just moving forward, I, I graduated as a mechanical engineer and I started working for, the biggest food company, in this case, Nestle, in uh, breakfast cereal manufacturing. Uh, my first position was as a packaging operator. They used to hire engineers to operate the equipment and actually maintain the equipment. That's why you, you, you will have these uh, 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 mechanical engineers. So I was responsible for the operation of you know, product conveyors, accumulation, scales, baggers. And at the end of the year, we will dismantle the baggers, right? And we will be the ones 
you know, putting the shafts, the bushings and all that. That was, that was quite exciting. I, I loved it. I did that for, for almost uh, two years. So we were rotating shifts from morning, afternoon and, 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 and this night. was in Mexico. Is that correct? Yeah, that was back in Mexico. And so here you will say I was an user of the packaging materials, right? So I was using the co-extrusion film for the baggers, the solid carton for the cartoners, the corrugate boxes for the, um, for the case packers and stretch film for the, the stretch wrappers. And then I moved into, still in Mexico, into a position that, that the name is packaging systems engineer. It was a regional position for Mexico, Brazil, and Chile. And it was a hybrid role between technical packaging operations and a packaging research and development or packaging R&D. And it was my first experience optimizing and developing uh, packaging materials. Um, I did that for three and a half years. And what I love about this uh, position is that it was a system uh, base. You know, I was responsible for, for the machine, the materials, the methods, and, and training people. Um, very, very holistic. I learned a lot. And then I moved into a corporate position that was back in 2005, still in Mexico. Um, I was a strategic uh, buyer or strategic procurement guy for all the 14 factories of uh, Nestle Mexico. And I did that for both flexible and reed plastics. And that gave me the, the scope of, of different businesses, not just uh, breakfast cereals, but coffee, dairy, confectionery, ice cream. And in that position, I was now more involved with the R&D or the research and development guys of all the businesses. And I fell in love with what they did, right? They were not just looking at, okay, what are we going to accomplish this year? This is, these are my savings goals for this year. But they were looking ahead on spearheading technology that will, you know, deliver value to the, to the consumers. So thanks God, I, I got that in my hometown, Querétaro, and I got a packaging R&D senior engineer role in the infant nutrition. So by that year, they, uh, Nestle, acquired a Gerber baby food. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So I went to the Querétaro factory. I was responsible for uh, for four factories, Mexico, Costa Rica, Brazil, and Chile. And this was my first position where I was fully responsible for packaging materials development. I did that for, for two years. And then an can opportunity... Can I ask you a question real yep. quickly? Yeah, sure. As you're going through this, this really uh, remarkable career, it has your career up to this point always been with Nestle? Yeah, 21 years with, with Nestle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we have a lot of younger... Uh, people who listen to the podcast sure. that are in college or recently graduating college, what would you say was, was maybe an important element of what you did to gain, to gain these, these promotions and to get this really incredible perspective from a, a it was a mechanical engineer. Is that what you were? Yep. As a mechanical engineer who is working with the equipment up to you know, at this point in your journey, you're this, you're the head of R&D of this, you know, this big giant company in this regionalized area. What was it that helped you gain that kind of traction internally to, to ramp up your career in such a way? Sure. The, the very first one was to, to be open on understanding what are the different uh, touching points of the work that you do in this case, you know, the, the packaging material. So who, who, who puts their hands on it? Okay, you know, marketing. Marketing with the design of the graphics. Uh, is the converter, you know, the supplier. 
it's the you know the 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 supply chain guy so i will learn open a little bit of understanding what they do and how what are those gray zones where they are doing something that are kind of doing the same and learn a little bit of of that and and that definitely you know helped me open uh, those opportunities in my career because i i knew a little bit of of, of everything but definitely still you know going deep into my into my function so it's almost like an intentional internal learning or crossover or if if we wanted to be alliteratory with three eyes it would be intentional internal what would be a uh ideation or something like that where where you were going out and saying okay well my department has these crossovers into marketing procurement production quality and so i want to know how when my job impacts them is that what you were doing just really quick learning situations with with interdepartmental people is that is that what you were doing were you doing that intentionally or were you doing okay so that was an intentional thing that you said i want to go do this Yeah, yeah that's great and and what an incredible perspective I'm sure that you were able to gain. And, and so you're at this R&D position and you're in your hometown, correct? That in my hometown back in, in, in Querétaro, in Mexico. Okay. And as, as I mentioned, the, the, I got the opportunity to come to the global R&D. This was a regional, um, you know, Latin America R&D center. I came to the, to the U.S. in Fremont, Michigan. And they gave me the opportunity to come in 2010 as the packaging manager for, now for the global um, for the global position of packaging and and here was my first uh, packaging um, sorry people people manager experience I had about five engineers reporting to me and an industrial designer and here as I said we were looking at three or five years of what technology do we need to develop right now to be ready to satisfy our consumer according to the uh, consumer research uh, insights that we're getting right now. Um, and, and we did really, really cool things. Um, I, I can, you know, think right now it's already in the market, but they have these baby uh, pouches that have, a, you know, spouted pouches. And we were trying to develop something, um, you know, with a company mentioned on how to, with the same, with the same uh, fitment, we will, re- you know, regulate the flow according to the different stages or ages of the kids. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that was that was very cool. So yeah, and things like that, right? Yeah. And then I uh, I moved out of the R and D um, global position. I came back to the U.S. market as a technical packaging manager for ice cream, and that's when I first, my first time, came to Bakersfield, California. After that, they um, Nestle made a reorganization or technical community, and they centralized everyone in Solon, Ohio. So that's Cleveland. And and I moved them from Bakersfield back to uh, you know go to Ohio for for a couple of years, and I got my my biggest uh, team position as a as a as a people manager. I was a packaging optimization group manager. Now I was responsible for all the four divisions of the U.S. market. I was ice cream, beverages, prepared foods, pizza, and we were responsible for twenty one uh, factories. I had 10, 10 reports. Um, six people, so six engineers will be responsible to be the face for the factories, right? In in their materials issues or in their improvement and, and cost savings initiatives. And I have another four 
experts, we call it experts, not, not at the level of an R&D, but experts within the material. So I have, you know, somebody for corrugate, one for flexibles, one for rigids, and one for um, solid board, right? And we were, our main goal was to define strategies to improve the asset intensity of the, of the production lines and improve the cost and quality of, of the materials that we were responsible. And right That's at the end, my last position uh, that brought me back to Bakersfield was a factory supply chain manager. Um, I was in 2019. I did that for, for two years. Very challenging right after 21 years of being responsible for one function and knowing what to do. Uh, it, was, it was hard to, to, to adapt to, to, to a total new function. Um, but I think I did okay because it was during the pandemic and, and, and it, was, it was hard. I mean, I had to learn running. But that gave me a lot of, um, of insight on the procurement side of the current situation of uh, ensuring supply for, for, for our factories. And, and most important, regain that insight of the operators and the sense of urgency that, if, that the people in the factory really need, right? And sometimes we developers in a corporate position, we don't get that, right? We're, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get to you like, in, you know, it's Fitz Monday, you'll, you'll get to them on Friday. But no, these guys need something like in a half hour, right? Right. And I really like that. Yeah. That's so great. So moving forward, at, at the end, so I, I the last uh, three, four years, I've got a strong and loud call from, from God. I'm a Christian to become a pastor and consulting gives me this freedom to dedicate uh, time to complete my, my studies in the meantime. So uh, yeah, the Valley Packaging, as I said, was born in, in September. And yeah, it's a gift from God to, to, to give me that freedom to, to move into, I think, where he's calling me to be a full-time um, pastor. That's great. So and where, we, uh, and where, are you, where are you doing your uh, pastoral studies? Yeah, I'm in Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, okay. I'm doing it online. Yeah, the School of uh, Ministry. And yeah. at the same time, just this uh, two months ago, I started studying for um, the Billy Graham School of Evangelization. Okay. Um, and just, yeah, just a couple of days ago, they get me the, uh, in, my ch- in my church, the uh, assistant pastor of evangelism position. So that's quite excited about that. <laughs> that's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, my sister went to a CMA college, actually, out in, uh, out in New York. So, it, and their headquarters was in Colorado Springs for a while. I'm not sure if it's still there when I was a pastor in Colorado Springs. So uh, pretty familiar with CMA. It's a great organization. The, and so you transitioned into consulting and, and outside of the corporate world, it, not so much because it was, you know, a, a, an opportunity to go make a whole bunch of money and, and, mm-hmm. you know, do that. It was more of the flexibility of working on your own, but being able to do and execute on this calling from, from the Lord that you felt and, and you couldn't have done that with all of, I can't imagine the supply chain responsibilities that you probably were feeling at Nestle. And then you, you put on top of that, this pastoral calling had to have just been like, one yeah. of these things is going to go. That is correct. And I already know which one it is. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what type of consulting work then are you doing that's, it, that's going to equip and enable you to pursue this calling in your life? Sure. 
Yeah, so so what um, what's the purpose of Pali packaging? So we do packaging materials, technical consulting services for the in order to support the consumer packed goods companies. Ideally in California, but you know I'm open to 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 do it to to any company in in the U.S. So as I mentioned already, my company is a Christ Center business, so we approach work as a, as a form of worship, and. Our mission um, is to, you know, honor God and deliver peace of mind and joy to our customers through simple, timely, and cost-efficient solutions to their packaging materials and development needs. So it's not about us, right? So in, 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 in some of the companies that I've been involved with, it's all, about, it's all about you, right? And, oh, I want to be the best in the world. I want to be the top um, consulting company. No, it's, it's, and I think it's about the customer, right? I, I, want, I don't want to be the best in... In the U.S., I want to be the best for the U.S. and the best for my customers so that when they hire my services and I deliver their, their solutions, that they will be, you know, at peace. I don't, I don't have these dreams or wake up in the night, of, oh, what's going to happen with my corrugate or my film or my bottles? You know, you know we've think, we've, we have taken care of them. That's great. I would, if if I haven't already done this, and I can't remember if I have, but we, we have a, a pretty cool partnership with Specrite that does packaging specification mm-hmm. management software. And I could, I could envision a world where there's a really cool partnership between what you're doing on materials and what they're doing with specifications to where you could even be a little bit of an evangelist for for what they're doing. Because I would imagine one of the one of the worst situations would be to design and implement all these new material changes that's either going to be driving cost savings, it's going to be increasing transportation value and reduction in loss or uh, higher, higher quality ratings to do all of this work and then have it to have it all get lost and, and not be, you know, searchable or actionable. So uh, remind me after after the interview to to make that connection because they're also in Southern California. Um, I think they're also yeah. opening up an office in Chicago. Thank you. Yeah. So in in that sort of this this Christ centered servant leadership approach that you're taking to to look at brands and and to help them is there is the focus you said kind of CPG. But is there a focus on your background with food and beverage um, and uh, child uh, infant care? Or do you feel pretty agnostic to the industry because multitudes of industries could also benefit from flexibles and corrugated and folding cartons and things of that nature? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be able to feel more comfortable with the uh, food and beverage, right? It's, it's it's where I was born and where I where I play for twenty years. But but definitely, yeah, no, any 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 CPG company, just like you said, whoever who, whoever uses packaging materials will definitely benefit. Even 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 OEMs, right? So let's let's say that you know any cartoner or um, case packer uh, uh, manufacturer. You know they're going to do an FAT, and the the customer they don't have the packaging materials um, function, and they don't know how to you know to qualify their materials, right? That so they could definitely you know come to me, and and I will help them you know define their uh, the criteria for the selection of materials, and and hopefully you know do a good job. And 
one thing that actually that that brought to my attention is I consider that you know the material and the machine interaction is like marriage, right? It's a tango dancing, and and it's beautiful when it works, right? When it works, it's it's messy, you know. You step on each other, they, you know, step on their toes, and somebody screams. So it's a you know both 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 the material and the machine give hundred percent of it, right? And and in a marriage, there's no finger pointing, right? No, there's no blame shifting. Like, oh no, it's it's you, material. No, 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 it's you, machine. And I hate you, and I hate you. No, 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 it's it needs to work, right? The, the machine and the material. So. So it doesn't work when the material performance attributes fluctuate up and down, right? It's like if your partner will come one day super happy and the other day, uh, you know, super mad at you. No, I mean the variation, you know, in in whatever uh, attribute of the packaging material should be should be consistent. Yeah, variating within the industry standards. Let's call it warp or you know manufacturing joint gap, whatever that is. But it's to and then when you qualify new equipment, it, you need to consider all those variations and 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 so so it works properly since the very beginning. And also, right? So looking at the operation side, so it, it doesn't work either when the operator uh, that comes in the ship, you know, adjusts the, the machine critical settings because he feels like it works the best like that, right? You should not be touching the, the critical settings in the machine at all. I mean, if, if it works, it should work. And yeah, but as I said, it's 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 interesting how this dancing or marriage of the material and the and the equipment. Uh, plays I out. have I have never heard that analogy, and it is genius. The yeah. idea that because you're you're so right, the material providers will often point the finger at the equipment manufacturers, and the equipment manufacturers are pointing the fingers back at the material manufacturers but at the end of the day they have a goal of producing something else so you could even call whatever the finished product is like the children of the marriage right (laughs) you got it yeah that they they have to produce something and it doesn't do any good to just be sitting there fighting with one another but there has to be collaboration and i would imagine that someone like yourself as a third party is able to come in and sort of adjudicate the the conflict and solve it without any sort of preconceived ideas on what is best. Uh, so you're not trying to make the machine people the heroes or the material people the heroes. It's how do we benefit the CPG or the, yeah. co- the co-packer, the contract manufacturer, how do they become the heroes? Because they just need to get the problem solved and get their production right. lines running. Exactly. And, and I do that with, you know, with a holistic view of the system, right? And material machine methods and the, and the operators. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and yeah. the operators in there as well. That's, it's so critical. Well, Jose, there's, this has been an incredible, incredibly insightful interview. One last question that I actually have two last questions. And I had this one written down. I've always been sort of curious about the advantages that someone like yourself who has cross-cultural interactions and a bilingual presence, are you finding in the U.S. that that's becoming more and more valuable as the U.S. becomes more and more diverse. Is that has that been a requirement that you're seeing, or is it just a nice to have right now for a lot of a lot of companies? No, I I, I think the first one I've seen an increase on the on the benefit of having bilingual people. Um, 
especially when 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 I move, I transition out of, of uh, Nestle in, in my factory supply chain manager into uh, creating the company. I I was looking for for jobs uh, for a little bit, probably for three months, and at least here in this area where where the Latino community is very high, you know, having having bilingual uh, Spanish. Uh, skills will, will, will definitely be really high appreciated. And, you know, looking back into the 11 years that I've been here in the U.S., I, I've seen that increase, right, of, of uh, people. Uh, back then, I, I was kind of a, a lone ranger, you know, very few Latinos or people coming from, immigrating from, from uh, Latin American countries playing here in, with the big companies in, in the U.S. Now, now I see them way more way more, you know, um, and, and, and I, that's great. And I, and I love that. Yeah. And is your church also, is it a, a, a bilingual church or is it a Spanish speaking church? It is an English speaking church. Uh, okay. Very diverse. We, we have a lot of uh, people, actually, when you enter uh, our church up in the roof, we have, I don't know, like 40 different flags of people represented in, in the church. And beautiful. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. Well, Jose, how would a either an OEM or a material manufacturer or a CPG company, if they want to learn more about what it is that you're doing with Valley Packaging and how you might be able to benefit them, how would they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, you can look at my uh, webpage. It's www.valleypackage.com or... You know, my name is quite complicated. You know, we have uh, three, 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 two last names. But uh, in LinkedIn, you can also look for Valley Space Packaging, Valley Packaging. Uh, and, and you can also get my, my phone and my uh, email. And yeah, we'll be, we'll be love to, to interact with the rest. And of you the can community. also check the show notes of this show if you want. I'll make sure that those are hyperlinked so that somebody yeah. can easily just click on it, reach out to you, uh, and, and, and get going. This this stuff is going to become more and more critical. I think the longer that COVID is impacting our our supply chain and impacting our communities, having a really good grasp on your materials uh, and being able to pivot quickly if material availability is not there, so that you can keep your production lines running, is so incredibly important. So right. I I think that. I would say almost anybody would do well to reach out and at least have an initial conversation with Jose, because if you, if you've heard his experience with a cross-functional experience combined with his passion for serving and helping, I, I think you're just going to get a, a really tremendous amount of value relative to the time and money that you would spend with him. So I want to encourage everybody to reach out to Jose, look in the show notes, connect up with him at Valley Packaging. Jose, this has been a, a true pleasure. I'm glad to call you a, a brother you. in Christ and a friend. And I look forward to one day when uh, when we can meet up. That would be that'd yeah, be fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully right. soon. Hopefully this Thank you very much. Thank you for everything you're doing for the packaging community in the US. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. It's, it's my pleasure to serve. So Jose, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Bye bye. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging Podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.